Have you ever noticed how often the Bible is misquoted in just everyday conversations? Hi there. That's been bugging me for weeks. Sorry. Has it? That's okay. Because I cannot see you. That's okay. it's like there's this line right across to you. There is a line right across to you. <laughs> Thank you. Sorry. No, it's okay. But the Bible is very often misquoted in our daily conversations. Cleanliness is next to godliness? Sorry, Mom, that's not in the Bible anywhere. God helps those who help themselves. Nope. In fact, this is exactly the opposite of what the Bible teaches. You want to know the truth. God wants you to be healthy and wealthy. Hey, sounds good. It's propagated from a number of the pulpits across this country, but it isn't found in the Bible. A number of the largest churches in America teach this. And it's what people want to hear. But Pastor Rick Warren from Saddleback Church out in California said, the idea that God wants everybody to be wealthy is baloney. It's creating a false idol. I can show you millions of faithful followers of Jesus Christ who live in poverty. And in fact, in the early years of, of uh, the Christian church, the majority of Christians were in the lower classes. God won't give you more than you can handle. I hear that a lot. You probably have too. But I can't find a chapter and verse for that one either. God does promise in 1 Corinthians 10 verse 13 that he'll provide a way out when we are tempted but he never says that he will shield us from struggles. In fact, sometimes we can't bear things on our own precisely because God wants us to turn to him. Paul was overwhelmed in 2 Corinthians. We do not want you to be uninformed, brothers, about the hardships we suffered in the province of Asia. We were under great pressure, far beyond our ability to endure, so that we despaired even of life. Indeed, in our hearts we felt the sentence of death. But this happened, that we might not rely on ourselves, but on God who raises the dead. Paul went through a lot of sufferings in his life. He kind of delineated them in 2 Corinthians. I think we're all aware that he had some sort of a thorn in the flesh, and three times he asked God to remove that from him because it bothered him so much. And God's response was, Nope. My grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. David writes in Psalm 6, Be gracious to me, O Lord. For I am languishing. O Lord, heal me, for my bones are troubled. My soul is also sorely troubled. How long, O Lord? How long? Some of you are in agony right now. Some of us are under great stress with family situations. Others are living with chronic illnesses. 
Some are battling cancer. Some are battling heart conditions. Others are grieving the loss. Some are fighting against addiction day by day. Others fighting to keep their marriage together. A number are struggling with deep financial needs. Some endure tremendous pain every waking moment. There are parents who wonder what happened to their kids. And kids who wonder what happened to their parents. That's just the tip of the iceberg. Some of you are suffering silently right now because you can't even talk about the trials that you're going through. Life can be counted on to provide all the pain that any of us might need because suffering is guaranteed for anyone who takes on the task of living. As hard as it is to say and to believe, however, that might be a good thing because God is graciously transforming us through our trials. There are some things that we can learn in Sunday school, a few that we can learn in a sermon, but there's a lot that can only be learned through the school of suffering. Paul talks about all of this in Romans 5. Okay? And that's what we're going to look at, Romans 5. I'm going to start at verse 3. Not only so, but we also rejoice in our sufferings, because we know that suffering produces perseverance. Perseverance, character, and character, hope. And hope does not disappoint us because God has poured out his love into our hearts by the Holy Spirit, whom he has given us. Paul speaks of our sufferings producing perseverance. Of perseverance producing character. And character producing hope. Ah, but there's a prerequisite to this. Verse 1. Therefore, since we have been justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have gained access by faith into this grace in which we now stand. And we rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. Because we have been justified by faith, we have peace with God. Based on all that Paul had already written up to this point in the book of Romans, the greatest war that happens in the universe is against us and God. But those who are now in Christ, who have accepted Him as their Savior and Lord and have submitted themselves to Him and His rule in their lives, are no longer at war with God. We have peace. So why is this critical about what Paul has to say about suffering in our lives? Simply that the beginning point for all spiritual blessing in our life is the peace that God has made with us in Christ. 
Because we have been justified, declared righteous by God, we can know that our salvation is secure forever and that nothing can separate us from the love of God. Peace is not a feeling. It's a status. We are saved and are righteous in God's sight. The war's over. It's done with. Through Christ, we have gained access into the grace in which we now stand. That's verse 2. Gained access is an interesting word. At the time, it was the process of being ushered into the court of a king and being announced, which implies the right and opportunity to actually address the ruler. Talk to the king. For Jews, the idea of having direct access to God was unthinkable. For to see God face to face was death. Absolute death. People were so concerned that if a man saw God uh, in the Holy of Holies, remember how the, the high priest used to go into the Holy of Holies all by himself? They were so concerned that if he actually saw God in there and dropped dead, how are they going to get him? Because ain't nobody else going to go in there. So they tied bells onto his robes so they could hear him tinkle in there. Well, that's a bad way, isn't it? <laughs> they could hear the bells ringing in there, okay? And if the bell stopped because he dropped dead, they had a rope tied around him and they could haul him out. No one could see God and live. That all Changed with Jesus. The curtain covering the Holy of Holies was torn top to bottom all the way up, opening up the Holy of Holies. Jesus ushered us into a completely new territory called grace in which we now live. We have taken up permanent residence in in grace, and now we have direct access to God. We stand before Him in an entirely new manner, assured of our salvation and confident of His love for us. Therefore, we can rejoice in the hope of the glory of God, as Paul writes. Because our salvation is certain, our end is already known. The only reason our certainty is called hope in the Bible is that we do not possess at this point what is hoped for, although we certainly will. There's no question. And what is hoped for? The final salvation of our souls and our glorious home in heaven with the one who first loved us as Scripture says. Now, given this certainty, okay, this certainty, this basis, Paul addresses suffering and the role it plays in the life of a true follower of Jesus Christ. 
we should expect to suffer. Suffering is a normal part of the Christian life. I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. In this world you will have trouble. But take heart, I have overcome the world. John 16. Dear friends, do not be surprised at the painful trial you are suffering as though some strange thing was happening to you. But rejoice that you participate in the sufferings of Christ so that you may be overjoyed when his glory is revealed. If you are insulted because of the name of Christ, you are blessed. For the spirit of God and the spirit of glory and of God rests on you. 1 Peter 4. We must go through many hardships to enter the kingdom of God. Acts 14. God uses this suffering to accomplish his purposes. There can be a number of reasons why we suffer. Corrective suffering, suffering for the glory of God, suffering as part of a cosmic battle between God and Satan, and even suffering specifically designed to be transformative in our life, to mold us into who God wants us to be. In essence, really all suffering can and should be transformative in our life. All difficulties in life are means by which God develops us. If we let him. And that's an important point. If we let him. Consider it pure, pure joy, my brothers, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith develops perseverance. Perseverance must finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. James 1. In this you greatly rejoice, though now for a little while you may have to suffer grief in all kinds of trials. These have come so that your faith of greater worth than gold, which perishes even though refined by fire, may be proved genuine and may result in praise, glory, and honor when Jesus is revealed. 1 Peter 1. So Paul writes in Romans 5.3, Suffering produces perseverance. Perseverance literally means to bear up under something or to remain under trials in a God-honoring way. We have a choice to make when tough times come. We can get bitter or we can allow God to make us better. In order to get better, we must continue to allow God to do His work in our suffering and not bolt away from him. God's blessings in our lives are sometimes poured out in very bitter cups. Ask Abraham. He'll point to Mount Moriah 
where God told him to sacrifice his son Isaac. Ask Joseph. He'll point to a prison in Egypt. Ask Moses. He'll point to the backside of a desert. Ask Daniel. He'll point to a lion's den. Ask Peter. He'll point to one of his denials of Christ. Ask John. And he'll point to the year that he spent in exile on an island called Patmos. The suffering we face if God is allowed to work produces a harvest of patience and perseverance in our life. God is more concerned about our holiness than He is our happiness. That seems to fly in the face of everything that you hear, but it is extremely biblical. God is more concerned about our holiness than He is about our happiness. He's more committed to our character than our comfort. He saved us for the purpose of conforming us to the likeness of His Son, Jesus Christ. Therefore, Paul writes, perseverance through these sufferings produces character. When you study at the school of hard knocks with Jesus Christ as your teacher, your character will change. Someone once said character is who we are when nobody's looking. There's truth to that. Sufferings, when undertaken with the right attitude, the attitude of patient perseverance, develops a tested character. The word that we translate in English as character was used in the Bible to describe gold that was purified in the fire. Job 23 says, He knows the way I take. When he has tested me, I will come forth as gold. All the impurities will be burned away, so only what is strong, what is beautiful, what is honoring to God will remain. Character development will only happen in the midst of difficult circumstances because this is where we learn whether our faith is false or whether it's the real deal. Think about it. A person that's had no struggles in life, who always get what they want, has no chance to learn perseverance or character development. That's why children sometimes uh, need to be told no simply to develop their character. Story is told of someone who was watching a moth go through the struggle of coming out of its cocoon. And in an effort to help, this person snipped the shell of, of the cocoon. And soon the moth came out, but with its wings all crimped and shriveled. It was unable to fly. It was doomed to to crawling out its brief existence on the ground, never being able to soar in the air. The person trying to help didn't realize 
that the struggle to emerge from the cocoon was an essential part of developing the muscle system of a moth. By unwisely cutting, seeking to cut short the moth struggle, he had actually crippled it and doomed its existence. God uses our struggles to develop our character. The messes we're in are designed to build our spiritual muscles. He gives us difficulties in order to give him the opportunity, or to give us the opportunity to know who he is, who we are, who we can be in him. Life struggles are a privilege in that they force us to break with all the things that are superficial in our lives and go deep down into our spirituality to see what's really there, to develop what's really there. Suffering makes those of us who are invincible vulnerable. Suffering makes the independent become dependent. The arrogant to become more humble. And the rugged individualist to become a tender child of God. As our character changes, God brings hope to our hurting hearts. And hope does not disappoint us because God has poured out his love into our hearts by the Holy Spirit whom he has given us. That was verse 5. Some of you are disappointed because life has not lived up to your expectations. Listen, the Holy Spirit will never disappoint you when you understand that God has poured out his love in your life. And the idea here is that he's given so much love that it lavishly overflows. The picture is of gushing waters. The tense of the phrase indicates that it had been poured out like a river and continually is being poured out moment by moment by moment into our life. Biblical hope is the confident expectation that we will not be disappointed. You might be disappointed that things have not gone your way, but you can take heart that as hard as it might be, they've gone God's way. Psalm 22 says, They cried out to you and were saved. In you they trusted and were not disappointed. Here's a radical thought. Suffering actually gives us the assurance that God loves us. Now, many people are prone to doubt God's love when faced with suffering in their life. But God loves us too much to deliver us from all our struggles. He wants us to be able to rejoice in our sufferings, to develop perseverance and character in our lives and to strengthen our hope in Him. And this can come about only through the difficulties of life. 
Remember that God's purpose in difficulties is not to change the circumstances, but to use the circumstances to change us. He's always more concerned about our character than our comfort. He's always more concerned about our holiness than our happiness. Billy Graham told the story of a friend who went through in his life a really significant series of setbacks. He lost his job, he lost his fortune, he lost his family, and to all intents and purposes, he lost his future. The only thing that he had left was his faith in God. And one day he was walking through the streets of the city and he stopped to watch some workmen who were repairing the spire of a great cathedral. His attention was fixed on a stonemason who was chipping away at a triangular piece of rock. And he asked the man what he was doing and the worker pointed to the spire and said, look all the way to the top. And when he did he saw a tiny triangular space near the peak. And the worker said, I'm shaping this down here so that it will fit up there. Tears filled the man's eyes as he realized that's what God's been doing in my life. He's shaping me down here so I will fit up there. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your love. Thank you for your caring about us and that you care so much. Sometimes you don't give us what we want. You don't give us a, a, a clear uh, sailing through life. That we have struggles, some of them significant, hard struggles. but it's for the purpose of developing us. You use those struggles to develop us, our faith, our trust in you, to develop perseverance and character and hope. It's not pleasant. Nobody said it would be. But if we can just let you do your work, there will be a transformation in our lives and we'll become just a little bit more like Jesus, which is your goal in our life. Thank you for that. And continue to do your work in all of our lives. For we ask it in Christ's name. Amen.